Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today we have some special guests, but as usual, we have Allison Oconey, our... What? Why are you already <laughs> in protest? <laughs> I feel like last week's leftovers or something, but no. What you're, you're saying not is leftovers, I'm a staple. Allison. I'm a staple. You're a staple. But exactly. what you're saying is I'm special. I'm special too, right? <laughs> yes, I want to be special. So we have Allison Oconey, our community care pastor, joining us. And then today we have two guests, CJ Lawrence, a ministry leader, and we have Darcy. And I apologize, Darcy. I always have a hard time pronouncing your last name. Hackerainen. Hackerainen? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. So we have Darcy Hackerainen. Also a ministry leader here at Arbor joining us. So, Allison, you, last week you said, I think it'd be a good idea if we had some women join the podcast. And I took that as like, cool, I don't have to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> and then you said that you couldn't find a woman to run tech, so I'm here. That part didn't happen. That was, I made that up. But <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, do something a little bit different with the podcast. But I think we'll start it out in a typical format and just... I'll ask you, how was putting together this message for you this week? I, I loved and I hated this message. Um, <laughs> as I had mentioned on the outset that I had really wanted to speak um, from a passage that could be really encouraging. Mm. And I did devote significant time in prayer to it and was just appalled when I felt like I should be teaching from Proverbs 31 because Mm -hmm. it just felt like the opposite of encouraging. And our our whole series right now is called Good News, and it just felt like I would be challenged to find any good news from that chapter. So um, on the one hand, I love a challenge, but on the other hand, it just felt like this was going to be just a a total loss. So (laughs) anyhow, I think it ended up okay, though. So I was stoked. Well, I'm, I'm actually pretty interested because I, as a man, I have very little relationship to Proverbs, Proverbs 31. I don't really have like a, a way that I feel about it. I just know that it's in the Bible. But I was curious for you, CJ and Darcy, what is your guys' relationship to that? I know some people really enjoy Proverbs 31 and some people kind of don't like it. So I'm curious how you guys feel about it before we hop in talking about Proverbs 31 for the rest of the podcast. So, Yeah, I'm not here for it. You're not I, here for it. I'm okay. not. I'm not. I I grew up in in the church and uh, and I I feel like I liked how you started it, Allison, saying that it's not something that you aren't. It's not here to show you your your shortcomings, but it's what it's to tell you what you are. And I've never heard it phrased that way because to me that passage has always been like a list of things I'm not good at. Mm. And so I feel like on Mother's Day when I go to church, I gotta like mentally prepare myself <laughs> to be full of imposter syndrome as I'm sitting in the audience. Oh, wow. And so this was, for me, the best Mother's Day sermon mm. I've ever heard because I felt empowered and encouraged after it as opposed to, like, I really got to start, like, making more meals from scratch instead of just ordering DoorDash. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but this Proverbs 31 woman did do DoorDash, from what I understand. Like, the merchant ships came from afar. Yeah, and today, actually, for lunch, I made my kids quesadillas with Ooh. cheese that I got from Costco, but the cheese is from Mexico. Counts. It counts. So far away. It counts, So my ma'am. quesadillas today felt... 
like a completely different level, yes, of quesadilla. So thank Good. you, Allison. Awesome. I'm glad that you yeah. can. I have reshaped, reframed your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. 100%. Good. That's awesome. I think I've had a similar experience with Proverbs 31, but I have mm-hmm. to honestly say I forgot there was a Proverbs 31 that came before that piece. So you say Proverbs 31, and I think of just the last verses. Mm. And so I was really excited about the first part of Proverbs 30. I felt like I saw it probably honestly for the first time, mm-hmm. which was really mm. cool. And also then a reframe on the last part, which has always been a, you know, I had a friend, last time I read this, I had a friend pray it over me. This is what I'm going to pray for you. And I thought, oh, don't, please, <laughs> please don't. I feel so passive aggressive. Our friendship is about to change in this moment. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Oh. See, that's what I felt like too. Like, wait, no, no, I meant mm. something encouraging, not yeah. this. Exactly. Oh my word. Gosh. Hayden, you've been missing out by being not a Proverbs 31 woman. I know. That's been my daily prayer for the past years. God, make me more like her. So, um, I do want to ask Allison, there. I feel like you're probably sensitive to the other side, right? That there is still some people out there that are like, I see the good in Proverbs 31, right? Mm-hmm. So the the goal, I would assume, in your your sermon prep was, I can't just bash on this ideal, right? Like, it, as much as maybe this isn't what I want or what I even identify with or what I think that, you know, Christian women should look like, was there a part of you that felt like maybe I can't just go full bore, let's tear down this version of Proverbs 31? Yeah, no, I, I felt like it must be there, A, for a reason, yep. right? Because it's in Scripture. So all Scripture is profitable. You know, like you can teach yeah. from it and encourage and correct. Like it, it's all there for a reason. So I didn't want to like bash on it. Yeah. Um, but I also felt like, okay, if you study it long enough and understand it, maybe there are some good things that are, are buried in there. Yeah. And so the things that I walked away with, I didn't feel like I resented this this um, composite, you know, she's a composite of amazing qualities. And um, one thing that I had learned about this was it was written in acrostic form. Yep. And so it's with the Hebrew letters, the 22 Hebrew letters. And so it would be like us saying like A is for awesome, B is for being awesome, you know, like I, you know, you should, we, you should do poetry. That was great so far. I'm good with words. Yeah, I? I yeah. love that. So I mean, so it, it, you know, I felt like it's not necessarily someone written about that they knew yeah. specifically. It was more like, what is a composite of someone who is noble, valiant, mm. strong? awesome, you know, and it became somebody that I actually wanted to be, Mm. um, versus trying to just resent or mock with or ignore, which has been kind of how I've rolled up till now Mm. a little bit. Um, I, I will ask this question now. What did you, when did you decide to go for Proverbs 31 when you know that you were going to be speaking in the vein of, uh, good news? Was this, was this the plan all along to include Mother's Day in Good News, or was that something that you guys kind of came to later in the game? Um, when we first designed the speaking series, um, 
I knew that I wanted to do Mother's Day. Yeah. Of all the other choices, I felt like this would be... I'm the only mom on the staff and or on the speaking team, so yeah. went with it. Um, and then I felt just like a personal challenge. Like, if we're in the Good News series, what is the good news for moms, you know, yeah. or for mothers? But I wanted also to expand it beyond just people who bear children. Yeah. Like, I think that women um, across the board need encouragement. Mm. They don't need to just be fertile and reproductive, you know, successes (laughs) (laughs) to be able to be encouraged on, uh, from scripture, from this passage. So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to, um, to bring good news to women period, which is their value. Mm. So, um, I don't know. It just, it was, it was encouraging for me. And so often We've heard speakers up here talk about how a message actually ministered to them. Mm. And so I felt the same. I felt like, hey, my time living with the Proverbs 31 chapter, it, it blessed me this month. Mm. So um, I don't know. I remember Marco poloing you after I had read something, and I was all <laughs> lit up talking about like what I really felt like the Lord was leading me to. Mm. And you were like, oh, no, no, not, not Proverbs 31. <laughs> That's funny because Marco Polo is a one-way app, but you could visualize my reaction in well, what you, you were saying to me. <laughs> you replied pretty quickly with like, oh, wow, you've got to really make sure this is like the Lord speaking. Like, it's just not the chapter we want to hear. To be fair, that Marco Polo really was about you talking yourself into like, this is okay, right? It's going to be okay, right? Like, that's cool, right? Isn't it? <laughs> And your answer was no at the time, if I recall. I think I said, I mean, you're awesome, so I know you will make it awesome. (laughs) That was my... (laughs) That was your encouragement? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't very good at it. Good luck with that, I think is what you meant. (laughs) I'm sorry. You did great. Thank you. You changed my whole perspective. So Mm. see, it it was good. It worked out. Thanks. And I liked the first part, too. I had never studied... I had always gone to, like verse 10 through 31, we're also familiar with that. But what happens in the first nine verses? It's leadership tips from mother to son, which I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. So, Yeah, that part was so, so good. And I love thinking, what if that were Bathsheba? I mean, Mm. scholars disagree on who it was, but what if it were Bathsheba, right? I mean, she's got some life experience that is unique, and she's lived you know, these decades raising her family and living in the palace and she's seen a thing or two, right? (laughs) I think so. Well, and the truth is whoever it was, they would have seen a thing or two, right? Living in the palace. Mm. And so it was so fun to be able to put an identity that we could kind of imagine what she's seen or, you know, because of what we know from scripture. But even if it wasn't her, there was probably a lot of the same kinds of things that whoever wrote that had seen. And the truth is... We want someone who's seen real life Mm. to speak into us. I mean, that's what makes Jesus so amazing, Mm. right? He suffered, and then we feel like he's relatable, and so. Wow, yeah. Right, because those leadership tips, could those have come from somebody naive? The tips were like, um, avoid destructive relationships. Mm -hmm. Don't be drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Pro advice. You said it a little more eloquently during the sermon. 
sober leaders bring wisdom and justice. Alison right. Coney, unfiltered. <laughs> One commentary pointed out, like, don't say it was like they were teetotalers. Like, that's not what she was saying, because wine and beer, well, beer, not so much, but wine was like a daily drink. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, in their culture, to say don't drink wine would have been, um, you know, foolish. You don't could, drink water. Right, yeah. right. Don't <laughs> yeah. hydrate. So it was more like don't guzzle it or yeah. don't, like, be drunk. Mm-hmm. And what was the third point? Use your privilege to protect others. That's right. Boom. Yeah. I really, one thing I was thinking about this week as I was kind of processing and I listened to, I listened to it again today, is that the things that she's saying and just speaking to, you know, if this was Bathsheba and this is her history, what she was feeling, you know, with what she had been through and how it's possible that that was a source of shame for her Mm -hmm. and the things that she had, that she had gone through. And I think as women, there's things that we go through with our, with our, whether we have kids or not, just in, in general, there's things that we go through and we think, oh gosh, this is not how I'm stacking up. Or, you know, I, I, um, something like mops where you gather with, with other moms and you're like, oh my gosh, like this mom, like only feeds her kids organic food and I'm not stacking up or whatever it is or whatever, you know, everybody's yeah. got their own shame and the people that are Enneagram threes maybe have a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it's, but you know, you carry that stuff around with you but at the same time without those things without the things that she had gone through without the things that that you have gone through or I have gone through she couldn't have spoken I don't know if that's proper grammar she wouldn't have been able to speak to that situation Mm. and I think and especially if it's her son right and so it made me think that the things that I am the most that I feel the most shame about or the areas of my life where I feel like I'm not stacking up are probably there for a reason. There's purpose in them. And the purpose is that I can speak, if I come through them in a godly way like you spoke to in the end, it has purpose and blesses my children. So my pain ends up blessing them in a way. And everyone in your sphere of influence, Mm -hmm. it blesses more than you would even know. Like, it's not just your fam- – it is family first, like, because we have lots of reps with them every day, lots of touches. Um, but everyone that you inf- influence has um, the benefit of, of your wisdom and mm. your, your lived experience and all that the Lord taught you, right? You have a compassion that's different. You have mercy. Mm. I, I just I, – I was so um, – I don't know. It just it lifted me to know that our impact does matter for things that go beyond just the things that we can touch, taste, smell, like the tangible, measurable things here on mm. earth. Like your impact matters for eternity. Mm. So I love that he can use even our broken places or mm. the rough patches of our story mm. for those ministry purposes. Mm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Maybe even especially our broken places, mm. right? Communion bread has to be broken first before it's given. Yeah. And so I think maybe even especially. Wow. Yeah. But we've talked about here, I don't know if you heard Hetherington's podcast a couple of weeks ago. We talked about um, people are so 
ashamed, I guess is, I'll borrow your word. Um, like there's so much shame around our brokenness that we're, we'd rather serve in so many other ways mm. instead of reveal that, you know, for some reason. But yet that's where we can be used probably the most powerfully. It's, and it's, kind of, it's almost like we, we spend so much time, we have this, this standard in our brain, right? And we spend so much time working to, whether that's the standard of what we believe Proverbs 31 to be, or the standard of what we think the world expects of us. But we spend so much effort and so much time trying to be a certain way, yeah. right? Whether it's the way that we look, or the way that we parent, or whatever it is. And with so much time, and so much effort, and we're spinning our wheels, and it's kind of like a Wizard of Oz, like, pay no attention to the mom behind the curtain, <laughs> right? Because we're working so hard to maintain this image but really the power is is in those in those places mm -hmm. it's not in the facade there's mm -hmm. no power in that there's no there's no wisdom in in a facade and so really being able to own the parts of us that we have gleaned wisdom from which means the the parts that carry shame or have previously been broken or whatever is super important and it's, it's, the facade is a trap, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I would totally agree. Brennan Manning talks about that in his book, Abba's Child, like that we sort of fracture off a part of ourselves and make it a stepchild, but when we can embrace that. Mm. And then there's, then when we say, I've also gone through that, then other people go, oh, well then I can relate to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying that God can brought you through it, then that means God can bring me through it. And that's, that gives a lot of hope. It's really, you can't offer hope to someone if it's like, oh, I'm sure you'll get through it. I have no idea what you're experiencing. But there's a lot of hope when someone says, oh, yeah, you're broken too. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it takes me back to, to Jesus and his, you know, 12 boys, right? Like he said, come and follow me, not, hey, Peter, before you come and follow me, can you clean up this area? Can you work on that? And then once you've hit all those things, like, now you can come follow me. Because I think Jesus knows that it's, it's a sanctification process, right? It's not just a, hey, you're going to follow me. I'm going to take care of everything else. You're going to be a golden leader. I think that's exactly where Jesus wants us, right, is in that brokenness. And I can work through you during that, and I can make you more like me. But I need you to just say, I'm okay. I have the humility to say, I'm okay being broken. And whatever you have for me, Jesus, I'm here for it. So, One of my favorite things about my job as a care pastor is matchmaking people um, who I know have been, like there's the one person that has been through a hardship, like like let's say a divorce, and they come and they say to me, hey, Allison, if there's ever anybody who walks this road that you know of who could benefit from a conversation with me, I would love to like take that person out to lunch or, you know, like just be available to them. And so then invariably no time goes yeah. by before there's somebody who's knocking at my door yeah. and who's like, do you know anybody who could talk to me about divorce? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, there you go. You know, like sometimes in, in a matter of minutes it happens. Mm. And, um, I just love that God has set our stories, you know, the, they're in place and they're to serve others who are coming down the road behind us too, mm -hmm. you know, in the way that we find comfort, comfort, we're to comfort others. And mm -hmm. so the big step then is making yourself known to be a resource, right? Mm -hmm. Like to step out and say, Hey, 
even on a small scale, like, hey, yeah. Allison, I would love to talk with other parents who are going through like a prodigal season yeah. with their kid or whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. I just love seeing that kind of ministry happen. Mm. And I think it can happen in small ways too in the church narthex, the how are you doing? And not always saying, I'm fine, how are you? But when you say, when you're willing to say, man, I've had a week, I am, <laughs> you know, getting my bottom kicked, then someone else will know in the future, oh, I could say that. I don't have to say I'm fine. Mm -hmm. mm. She or he might actually be willing to hear me if I just said I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I managed to get myself here today, but I'm in pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, Allison... <clears throat> This is the, the famous question that you love so oh, much. Oh, I love this part. And I kind of had thought of answers. Now I just blanked out of excitement. <laughs> um, the question I'll ask, was there anything that you had to cut out of this sermon, maybe because of time, you're going over your time limit, or did you just felt, yeah, this is good, but it doesn't fit with the message, right? Well, I was going to, two organizational things, so this is just like, preparation, geeking yeah. out kind of stuff. But I'd mentioned that the 22 verses are acrostic, like Hebrew, Yeah, you know, it's your Hebrew alphabet. And so what I did was I reordered them because <laughs> A is for awesome, B is for being awesome. Yeah. Like I, I kind of like stacked all the awesome verses together. I stacked all the husband verses together. Mm -hmm. I stacked all the... Um, like how she was industrious and that her work was valuable. I stacked all those verses together. So I, I kind of played with scripture, which was fun, but I didn't explain that ahead of time. So mm. we had had kind of a slide issue first service and somebody <laughs> like just a miscommunication and someone said, well, why don't you just point everybody to the passage and they can just follow it on their phone. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've totally reordered the whole entire chapter. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. But, um, and then somebody had pointed out to me right before first service, he said, did you realize, he had gone to seminary, he said, did you realize that the order of the original um, scripture was that Proverbs would come right before Ruth? So they had set up like this great example of this godly woman, this valiant woman. And then you would just go into reading about Ruth, who was like your example. Mm. And I was like, I had no idea. That's yeah, that's awesome. So amazing. Well, and you brought Ruth into the sermon. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that the Lord had gone ahead of me on, <laughs> and not just right before service. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Those last minute things yeah. like, could I fit that in? No, nope, can't. But yeah. yeah, I love that Ruth was sort of, I mean, not a privileged girl, mm -hmm. you know, not mother of the year before she got this title bestowed on her. She didn't even have kids and she was gleaning um, her food. You know, she was taking what was left for the, the poor. And I just love that a, a woman can be celebrated because of her character, not because of her, you know, privilege so love yeah. that funny thing about your slides allison was uh <laughs> for people who are not behind the scenes at arbor uh i get sermon notes from everybody throughout the week and i'm the one that puts together the the slides for the speaker and 
last time Allison spoke, she went like above and beyond and did this awesome, at the beginning of her notes, she put all the slides that she would need and then she did her notes and everyone else just gives me their notes and like highlights, here's a slide. So um, I usually wait till Saturday to put together the slides because Worried that's... about where this is going. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because a lot of times I'll get, you know, someone will send me their notes on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then by Saturday, like, oh, I want to change this. You know, can we still do this? So I've just waited to do my slides Saturday night. And um, I show up to the church. Allison's in the booth talking with some of the tech people. And Allison asked me, hey, did you not get my uh, scripture slides in there? And when I went through her slides on Saturday, I was like, this is kind of a bold move by Allison not to use any scripture in her sermon. And then I looked through her notes with the, the, um, the tech group, and she had a ton of scripture in her slides. But I just, I thought you were being bold and courageous and just saying, hey, I don't need to use the Bible this week, I guess. So <laughs> I'm just speaking out of my own. Yeah. Whatever the Lord brings, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in between first service and second service, we were able to type up all the scripture and throw it in there. But yeah, the people during first service were maybe a little lost when it, when it came to the scripture piece, but I apologize, Allison. I'll, I'll own that one 100%. <laughs> well, that's why I brought it up. I just yeah. wanted really to not be at fault for that. Yeah, so no. I just wanted to hold you accountable, man. Anytime There's like a that, sub yeah. conversation going on here today. It's not a podcast about... I think they had some business to do beforehand, <laughs> yeah. and they forgot to take care of it. I think I've apologized to Allison like three times now, so... but. Maybe not. <laughs> it all turned out all right. Yeah. I thought we had a great Sunday. I thought oh, it, was it was a great. fun message to bring. And um, yeah, yeah I, I am the most surprised person, you know, to be a fan of this Proverbs 31. Yeah. Woman, so, well, and I'm, I'm curious, Allison, um, was it clearly like from the beginning of you knew you were speaking on Mother's Day that God was pointing you to, towards Proverbs 31, or was it some of the, I want to kind of reclaim this a little bit. Oh, no, I wanted nothing to do with her. Like, I <laughs> had no, like, burning need to yeah. reclaim her or anything. I just, I don't know, I like I had said in the Marco, I'd just been praying about it, and, mm. you know, I just wanted a passage. I didn't know if I wanted to talk about um, a character study. Yeah. And I guess, in a way, that is what happened. It's mm-hmm. a character study. Um, but a much more abstract character study. Yeah, and definitely going out on a limb with the Bathsheba thing because mm. scholars disagree. Yeah. And so my son, you know, graduated from seminary, and I reached out to him, and I was like, okay, is this sketchy that I, you know, like, <laughs> with there being the, yeah. you know, unknown mm-hmm. thing, like, am I walking in heresy, basically? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, no, but if you acknowledge the, dis- you know, the challenge of it, yeah. you know, you can For sure. go with what you want. So anyhow, but I felt like it um, personified for me what it would be like to be that yeah. queen mom bringing the wisdom to her son. I just want to say that I like that you say mom and not mom. <laughs> I kept listening during the, I was like, she's saying mom, right? <laughs> She's saying mom or she's saying mom. Queen like she mom. got Canadian halfway yeah. through the, became Canadian halfway through the Have you not sermon. watched The Crown? Queen no. mom. The Queen British, mom. right? Oh, it's a reference. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I thought right. it was, I don't know what I thought it was. Canadian, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being that America, I guess, doesn't have the queen <laughs> or a mom. Yeah. But you're right. 
You're right. It's I'm, fun. And I think it'd be so interesting if there was more... I mean, we get to see writing from the perspective of, like, David and, and Solomon. I think it would have been so interesting to see more writing from the perspective of Bathsheba because she's really been through quite the journey, right? I mean, she yeah. mourned the loss of her first husband and then, you know, mm-hmm. marrying David and all of that. Well, fun fact about her, too. I'll just drop this in. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, get, I get really into the research part yeah. of this prep. But anyhow, in the very last scene of David's life, like he's dying on his deathbed, yeah. right? And the subject comes up, like, who's going to succeed him? Who's going to get yeah. the crown? And he has a few sons to choose from. Yep. Do you remember Nathan, the prophet, who had first called him out on his sin mm. with Bathsheba? Bathsheba. Nathan enters the scene, and he has a chat with Bathsheba. And he's like, hey, I think what we need to do, he felt God's direction that it should be Solomon, mm-hmm. who is the heir to the throne. And so Bathsheba like, goes and presents the case of why Solomon should be the yeah. heir. They, uh, they comment in the scripture about how people bow to her as she walks in. Wow. And there's a respect hmm. for her at this point in her life. I'm imagining yeah. like three decades later maybe. Yeah. And, and they listened to her words, and she actually advocated for her son to become the king, and that is the direction it went. Yeah. I mean, granted, it seems like it was the Lord's decision, and so he probably went ahead on that and greased yeah. the wheels, right, <laughs> and made sure it happened. But it was her voice that was yeah. involved in this very important, you know, decision here at the deathbed. Yeah. So I love seeing that of her. That's really cool. And that's the last, that's end scene on Bathsheba. That's the last scripture yeah. has of her. Other than to note that both Ruth and Bathsheba show up in Jesus's lineage, right? Yeah. That they're part of the story of bringing the Messiah here. Yeah. So. So cool. I was like way into it. <laughs> <laughs> you went real deep. Um, well, we good. are past the 30-minute mark, so if there is anything that you guys want to ask Allison or Allison, anything that you uh, still have on your mind from this before we wrap up this, this sermon, put a bow on it, and just talk about it. Well, I, guess one, I, I would want to hear from Darcy and CJ, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, did you learn anything new, that, mm-hmm. or did, did it help reframe how you see your value, or anything that you would share with your daughters because you're both mothers of daughters so I don't know I think for me like I was saying this is the first time that I've heard this passage put this way and I felt like it was empowering to me CJ the person um, but women in general because I think you know going back to the we're supposed to be this way I know from from a mom standpoint when I became a mom I felt constantly like I was not a good mom mm. because I went to I went to mops, right? Mothers of preschoolers, which is like a faith-based worldwide um, moms group. And I went there because they have free childcare and hot breakfast. So that seemed <laughs> that's awesome. Right? And my at the time my family yeah. was living in California and I had, you know, my husband was working a lot and to have a moment like without my children and eat food sounded amazing. So that's why I went there. But in mops they have things like crafts. 
I hate crafts. I don't <laughs> like crafts. I don't like cooking. I don't like house cleaning, much to my husband's dismay. I don't like those things. They do not give me joy. And I felt like for some reason, when I had a baby, there was going to be a switch that flipped where I was going to like cooking, and I was going to like cleaning, <laughs> and I was going to like crafts, and none of that happened. And so then I went to Mops, and, and all these other women are so creative, I felt like, right? All these other women are so creative, and they do all these things, and they're like, let's make a recipe book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not belong here. This is not the place for me. But I felt very isolated mm. in that moment. And I spent several years trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. What can I, what kind of clever way, what can I do to make myself like this stuff? Mm. And I felt like I'm kind of, Allison often says my brain is like a Rubik's Cube where I'm trying to like twist it certain ways and make it work. So I felt like for years I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I make this work? How do I make this work? And one day I had a friend who, in the middle of one of my, my, TED Talks, she said, CJ, <laughs> I just don't think that God created you to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> That's not what Proverbs 31 says, right? That's how I, it was kind of my immediate response. But when she said it, it was also kind of a relief to me because I had been trying to make myself fit this mold mm -hmm. of what I thought I was supposed to be for mm -hmm. so long. I thought I was supposed to be this way. Um, and and I wasn't that way. And it was when somebody else said it, it was like, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay mm. that I, I was not created to be a stay-at-home mom. And there's something about yeah. my identity and the way that God has created me that is specific to be the right parent for my children. Wow. Where these other moms, right? I have dear friends that get so much joy from from living in that space, from homeschooling and from, you know, like cooking, they, they love that, it brings them joy. And I think that's fantastic, right? It's great. I'm not that person, but it's great for them mm. and I can appreciate it. But I needed to know and I needed to hear that it was okay for me to not be that way. And actually it's, it's more than okay. It's on purpose right. that I'm not that way yeah. because that's not who my kids need. Right. They need somebody else. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And so I appreciated, Allison, that in this, the way that you presented this was in such a way that here's different examples of different women, some that have walked through severe trauma, some that have walked through severe poverty, but all, some with children, some without, but all purposeful. Like all of that trauma and all of those circumstances carry purpose. They have purpose. You have purpose. Mm -hmm in those things, in the way that God created you in your identity, not this made-up thing that we try to hold ourselves to. So I, I left that message feeling empowered and just re reinforcing that, you know what? God made CJ this way, and that's not just okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. And CJ's the right, like, I am the right mom for my kids. And that you matter and that you have value. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That wasn't an intentional mic drop. Oh. It was just a <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. we didn't talk about that. <laughs> Getting like, ready notes. Sorry. Like after drop all the of, actual I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like after all of that, we need to get CJ on the speaking schedule. So <laughs> That'd be awesome. Mic drops. Yeah. How about you, Darcy? Well, I was just going to comment first on CJ, what you said. Not, not only is it just okay, but all those women 
brought glory to God with their lives mm. because of who they were mm-hmm. and yeah. being willing. Not in spite of, but because not of. Not in spite of, but wow. because of. Because they were willing to partner with God right where they were at, right where their story yeah. brought them. And I was also thinking as you were talking about kind of the mops thing of comparing your insides to other people's outsides. Oh, wow. And how that always kills us. It's like the devil's playground, that area. (laughs) Totally it is. Yes. It's always a joy stealer. I can't help not be a joy stealer. Um, And it's funny because I'm the opposite, meaning I started out as a working mom and Mm. now I'm a stay-at-home mom. And it's been a real hard shift for me to not not justify who I am Mm. by my career. Because when people say, what do you do? I mean, it's like, well, it's easy to say I'm a marriage and family therapist. They're like, oh, that's really cool. Even if I only did it part-time, you know. Mm. But when people say you're a stay-at-home mom, nobody really says that's cool. Hmm. Um, even though I think it is really cool. Yeah. Um, and so I've found that it's been a struggle for me to find my identity just in, and see, even there I just said it, just, just <laughs> in being at home. And so what I really appreciated about this is just the reminder of the value. And I think that's been my struggle. I mean, that's been my struggle my whole life is, is being willing to accept that I'm valuable to the Lord, mm. right, who I am. Yeah. And definitely when my kids were young, I, was, I struggled a lot. And I thought, why is this so hard? Being a parent of young kids felt so hard. And then the Lord just spoke to my heart one day. He said, it's, kinda, it's supposed to be hard. Mm. These are hard times. But once I owned that, that it was okay, then I wasn't beating myself up about it being hard, and I could just enjoy the sweet parts and have the strength I needed for the hard parts instead Mm. of the mental comparing my insides to other people's outside. It doesn't seem hard when they show up to mops, and they're all put together, and I'm thinking, I barely made it here, but I'm Mm. here. (laughs) You know what I mean? So when I kind of thought, oh, it's okay that it's hard, then it was a lot more fun. Um, wow. So, yeah, the value piece really, really spoke to me. Mm. And that it's okay to be appreciated. Like, it's okay to yeah. have people, you know, say thanks. Mm. And that we need to make a practice of that more often. That I have a friend, a um, little Jewish friend in Boston. She works at a synagogue, and she and I connect every week and compare ministry notes. And uh, I love that that's part of their culture, that yeah. regular affirmation for the woman of the house and it's not because they have achieved perfectly every week it's just a way to say thank you and that you're valuable and Mm -hmm. I'm like I gotta do that more often and I need to affirm people not for like oh cute hairdo or oh cute shoes yeah I need to like affirm their character and their courage, their voice, their influence, and their work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push back on that a tiny bit because I think you do that on the regular so much already, more than you even realize. Mm-hmm. Because I know even in, in, in my life, it, there are so many times where I say something and I'm feeling some sort of, sort, some sort of way, I'm ranting mm-hmm. about something, right? And your response is, is so affirming to whatever mm-hmm. I'm feeling. And you even do that intentionally. You know, there's things that you've taught me, like you've taught me that when you have somebody visiting from out of town and when you take them to the airport, you spend that drive affirming them in who they are and, and talking about the things that you enjoyed about their stay and just treat it like 
this is the last time you're going to see them because it matters to them. So mm-hmm. you do that, Allison, and you, that was you from do my that. Mom. My yeah. mom taught me that. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I love that that lives on. Yeah, but you yeah. teach that's it too. Contagious. I think that's yeah. amazing for her legacy to be like. I do on. that now. I love that's that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I do that now. But you you are really a shining example of that mm-hmm. and, and affirming people and, and hearing people. Yeah. You hear people well and you see people well. Mm-hmm. And this message that you gave was a testament to that because mm-hmm. there I, I talked to a few people after, after service and from different phases of life, some with kids, some without. And one um, of my closest friends, Amanda, said to me, you know, Allison is just so amazing because she gave this message and she can speak to everybody, to every mm-hmm. generation and every kind of woman and everybody left feeling empowered. And yeah. I think that's something only you can do. And the reason you can do that is because you're so good at affirming people. Mm-hmm. So slash, or I mean, literally prayed my guts out about that goal <laughs> there. So it's just how good is God that he would so you're, be like, you're really yes. good at prayer is what you're saying. No, I'm just saying oh, okay. how faithful is yeah. he that he's like, that prayer right there is a yes. Mm-hmm. We're pushing the yes button on that one. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that. And I love having multiple generations in the house yeah. and being able to like speak. I, I feel like that was my goal. Could we look at a passage that could lift all the boats in the harbor or whatever they yeah. say? Yeah. And how good of God to, through, G, through CJ, show you that that prayer was answered. Yes. So thank you for speaking that out loud. I think so many women have um, just beautiful honoring thoughts of one another inside uh, secretly. They just need to like get it out, (laughs) you know, and speak it and um, put it out there into somebody's ears. And it, it does encourage, I mean, Mm. it does help us like continue on, you know, Um, I just love that. So thank you for speaking that into my life too. Oh yeah. Thank you. Well, in order to do that, we have to get past the past ourselves, right? If we're mm. kind of secretly yeah. going, yep. well, she's so good at that, but I suck. <laughs> then it's really hard to come right out and go, you're great at that. I appreciate mm. that about you, right? Because we're all focused on ourselves. Yeah. And I also love the idea of populating the grapevine. I, invariably, <laughs> grapevine stuff gets back to me. And I do hear like, did you hear what so-and-so said? It does come back. <laughs> But I so thought, that's a, that's a, that's a pro tip just for anyone listening. Right. It always comes back. Yeah, to Yeah, I know what you said, <laughs> but besides that, I think it's cool to populate the grapevine with like affirmation. You don't have to always say it straight to Darcy if you're intimidated to do that. But like, I could tell you something great about her, and then you would go around and you know share that telephone. Yeah, yeah. except the good way. <laughs> So, anyhow. That's awesome. Great. Thank you, Hayden. Thank you for letting me be here, just in the presence of you guys. Wasn't this fun? (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. I thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. No, this was good, and I'm glad that we didn't cut it off earlier because there was a lot of good stuff that came out towards the end. So, what? It always does. As soon as you say, like, okay, we're going to call it now, Mm -hmm. there's just more. You know. Well, I'm always happy going over, and I hope that everybody who listens to the podcast realizes that they can hop off at any point. But we'll just sit here and chat for a while, and 
Who knows when we'll press stop on the recording. It it's just... a two part. It's a two part. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I never mind if they go long. I yeah. really enjoy the podcast. Because so. you can always come back. You can pause it and then come back to it. So, all right. Well, thank you, Allison, for the great message on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. today is Wednesday. This is the movie making magic part of it. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much, CJ and Darcy, for coming by and being a part of this. This was so much fun to get. Um, different voices on here and it was just cool to to hear what you guys had to say so thank you so much for coming down and making time and uh for everyone else listening or watching we will see you guys next week and i hope that you guys have a great one